Jerkoffs, how are we going? Uh, welcome back. Good to hear from you. It is me, Daniel Muggleton, coming to you from London uh, for another episode of the Union Jackoff. Uh, great guest this week. Two good friends of mine. We finally have a proper Antipodean episode. That's right. I got a Kiwi. I got an Aussie. We're going to put them together and see if they get along. Uh, chances are they probably will, considering they are married. Uh, I've got James Nokise and Laura Davis, uh, both awesome comics. Both live over here now. Uh, they moved pretty much the same time I did um, for career purposes. And I want to chat to them uh, about coming over, how they found it, if they plan to stay, all the usual stuff, all the stuff you love. Uh, one thing... There, Laura is from Perth in Australia and uh, James is from Wellington in New Zealand and they're two places I've never been. Uh, they're probably roughly the same distance uh, from Sydney actually, about four or five hours uh, on a plane to both of those and when I go back I definitely plan to check those places out because it is weird to have not seen things so close to me, places that so many people that I know are from and I just have no visual concept of them. Like in, in my head, I kind of think like New Zealand is just a slightly less developed like Australia, maybe maybe a bit like an Adelaide, maybe that kind of vibe, like less kind of high rise stuff, more nature. I think I think it, by all accounts, New Zealand seems to be more beautiful than Australia um, with, you know, Australia obviously big up for its nature, Great Barrier Reef, the beaches, the rainforest, like all that kind of stuff. But I think New Zealand is even supposed to be even more beautiful and like a bit more rural. So there's less people there. I don't know why I'm turning this into an advertisement for Travel New Zealand. Maybe they should sponsor the pod. I don't know. Maybe, maybe that's what this podcast is all about. You learn all the terrible things about Australian people and New Zealand becomes a more exciting option. Uh, anyway, I just wanted to say thank you for listening. Uh, we, we, had, we had a little record um, on the podcast this, this month. This month is the first month that we have had a thousand downloads in a month. Uh, I know those numbers don't seem astronomical, but it, it, it's been a year and we've, we've doubled. We've doubled in size, I think, um, which is kind of exciting. So I really appreciate all the jerk-offs for getting in touch. I uh, had a nice interaction with Gareth Jones. Shout out to Gareth Jones. That is the most Welsh sounding name ever. I hope you've taken my abuse of the Welsh with good humor. <laughs> Um, he was, cause we're video now, as you know, you can catch us on YouTube, www.youtube.com slash Daniel Muggleton. You'll see all the episodes on the channel there. Uh, he was saying that he's a, he's a jerk off. He listens regularly, but he has absolutely no desire to see my face. He even refuses to look at the thumbnail because he doesn't want a head popping up into his brain. He just wants my voice, which I think, I think he's calling me ugly, but I don't know. I understand. What what's what's your opinion? I like seeing people's heads. I got to say, uh, the only the only time I hadn't seen something and then I saw them was disappointed was the band The Libertines. I don't know why, but uh, I love this music. Then I saw a video clip of them and I was like, that's not what I wanted from this band at all. <laughs> that's not what I wanted them to look like. Uh, but yeah, what do you guys think? Do you like seeing me? Have you seen me? Have you taken the time to go on YouTube and look at my head? Is that something that appeals to you? Uh, please let me know, get in touch at Dan Muggleton or get in touch with the pod at The Union Jack Off. Uh, if you want to see me do some comedy this Sunday, October 6th, 
I am at the Backyard Comedy Club hosting Australian Comedians Dope Comedy in London. It's 8 p.m. You can get yourself a sneaky little discount, 50% off with promo code INGADEEN. Uh, that is a very Australian suburban name, Ingadine, E-N-G-A-D-I-N-E. If you buy those tickets on Ticketex, you'll get them for five quid, which is 50% off just for being a jerk off and a goddamn hero. Um, all right, I want to get into this episode. I think we've had enough of a chat. Uh, we've got another featured song this week, uh, an Australian band, Verticoli. Verticoli. Uh, great band out of Tasmania, another place I haven't been. Where have I been? I've been literally everywhere in the UK, but in Australia, fucking nowhere. Poor effort from me. It's like reverse colonialism. Uh, all right, that's the song coming up. It is Verticoli's So Far. Uh, enjoy that, and if you enjoy it, obviously get around them on Spotify, YouTube, wherever you find your music. And no further ado required, let's get into this week's episode with James Nokise and Laura Davis talking about being an Australian, New Zealand married couple. Here we go, guys. Strap in. The water's down here. Cool. I'll, do my, I'll do my best to be like a fucking waiter and just top it up. Yeah, That's like my one move whenever I'm out to dinner with people, I top it up. Like, that's my one move. Oh, and I got, I got this. Socially involved. Yeah, I got this. I got this sneaky um, way to fold the chopstick uh, packet mm. that makes a holder for the chopstick. That's my other move. That's good. That's my two that's moves. That's a legit move. Yeah. That's yeah. It's like functional origami, mm. which is actually my nickname in high school. No, it's fucking terrible. That. <laughs> So I've been hanging out with my dad, or right? I'm not. I'm not. I'm. I'm pent up. It's good. Uh, are, you right. all, are you all right? How's, oh. it, how's Edinburgh? Uh, it, it was cool. That was fun. But yeah, just Don't like you flyering. Oh, just just to get the Hang spirit out. back. Cowgate. Mm. I was doing Monkey Brow and the Late Show, so like I did have a bit of an Edinburgh feel because like the Late Show, I had to follow this guy. Yeah. He just bombed both nights, and I just had to rescue it. It was like the last <laughs> guy, and it's like quarter to one. Yeah, in my head like, though. Fuck. I feel like Edinburgh is probably still. Some people haven't noticed. It's like when the war finishes and people <laughs> aren't told. Some performers are just walking out. Yeah, just the forest. Being like, do yeah. we do we defeat the Japanese? Yeah. <laughs> How many ticket sales? It's finished. The, the fireworks. Oh no! I took heaps of pills. I was asleep for two days. I missed the fireworks. Still going. What happened to the tattoo? I haven't heard it in weeks. <laughs> I got a floor in I week one. Like a, they were doing like a silent disco thing for the tattoo. Dude, they do silent discos during the year. Just oh, around. Man. I saw one. I was furious. Well, they do them not during the fringe. <clears throat> they just do like random ones in the street. And I was like, you why, fucking dogs. Why do they incite such rage? And I think it's because like people are having fun. And <laughs> <laughs> like, and I think a lot of the comics up there are. Are tired. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what you're trying to say about me, Mitch. Well, it's like, not just you. <coughs> it's always about you, Dan. It is always about me. Thank you. My childhood wasn't a lot. Mm. Um, um, feels invasive. I think that's right. I yeah, like, when I see yeah, a silent disco, I'm like, what is that noise? I think it also, like, Why is it not in a room? Comics mm. put so much effort into their show, and then people just go up and just like pay money to, to just be twats. Yes. And that's the kind of thing that sort of upsets them a lot. It's an entitlement and that's our job <laughs> of public space as well. Like yeah, when you go to cross like a, just a little path on the meadows, 
and like some cunt in high vis is like, stop, I've got a whistle. We're going to let a hundred people go past and they're all dancing. You're like, no, no, it's a park. Like yeah. you can't. I mean, it's essentially, I know exactly and it's 15 quid. Oh, come on. Yeah. Can you imagine how much money they make during the festival? Someone did the maths on it and it's like, Oh, absurd. It's obscene. Is it, like, how come there aren't more people trying to do it? Should we just undercut and do 14 I mean, I mean there is heaps. Oh, is it just loads of people? Like what? if there's a Silent tourist town. We could do, do like a Pied Piper thing and then just lead them off a cliff. <laughs> I feel like it can only be... I feel like you couldn't silent disco in Glasgow, though. Like you could do it... Oh, yeah, it would, it would be silent. It would be, be silent. It would be silent. Very important. <laughs> um, no dancing, just walking. Yeah. It's, been, it's been my dream to like... Because you could find the frequency and like hack it. And then just kind of follow them around and just whisper mean things to them <laughs> that only they could hear. <laughs> Be like, oh my God, it's a haunted silent disco. It's <laughs> <laughs> and everyone's like, this is the best silent disco ever. There's a ghost. Yeah. Um, we're, we're recording, by the way. Oh, um, no, okay. um, this so. is all the good stuff. I've got to do like the intro thing. Um, do you want to clap or are you good? Yeah, well, I think we're actually all right with it. So. Well, every, every week you've made me clap and I've yeah, used that to start. My old computer, used to, I used to have to sync the sound up, but this is, is a new one, so it doesn't, it doesn't sort of go out of sync. So we're good. Oh. You can clap if you want. Yeah, I think I've probably... <laughs> Not everyone. Damn it. <laughs> you missed that? You wanted, you wanted more room on it? No, it's cool, man. It's cool. <laughs> okay, you guys, everybody ready to start? It'll be like 70 minutes. Why are you all being silent now? This is, does not bode well for the podcast. <laughs> We're saving it. We're saving it up. Are we meant to? What are we We're meant to do? We're waiting for you to do the intro. You keep talking about. Yeah, it. I thought we, it was respect. Apologies. This is how it's going to be, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it's the same as last week. I got bullied. Sorry, when, I, when I sit in the middle, I've got power. It's okay, bro. Do your right. best. Do your best. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Union Jackoff. My name is Daniel Muggleton. I am wet because London has decided to be London today. Endless rain, heavier than I've ever felt in native Australia. But I'm joined by an Australian and a Kiwi, the Antipodean version of the podcast I've been waiting for for so long. Please welcome James Nokise. Hello. And Laura Davis. Hello. Fucking <laughs> strong energy from the start. We're like trying to bring that October rain energy uh, to the podcast. It is October, isn't it? First day. Yeah, man. First day. Okay. Yeah, rain. Yeah, Australia. This would be spring. This is spring in both. Yeah. In New Zealand, also. Yes, we have similar seasons. We to share Australia. a hemisphere. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that nice? I, when you were talking about that earlier, I genuinely was like. What does he mean, spring? Oh, yeah. <laughs> the other side of the world. Well, I think, mean, like, because you guys are from, like, Melbourne and, and Sydney, and the climate is a bit drier and or warmer than mm -hmm. where I'm from, like, Wellington. Yeah. Like, this, I was saying, this, like, weather in London right now is weird to me because it's exactly what it would be doing in Wellington and New Zealand. Right. And it's almost around the same temperature as well. Okay. So, so it's, it's, like, properly living up to the Antipodean vibe. This is the other side of the world. It's the opposite, but it's the same. Yeah, it's like meteorologically discombobulating. <laughs> that was a lot of syllables this early on in Too the pod. Many. <laughs> I know, I know. This, is, this is why I'm glad Laura's here because she can give just me like Perth, where it doesn't rain very much at all. It's just no. sort of the same. You can have the same day for months on end. It's is, great. Is that comforting or terrifying? Yeah, you never have to think. Oh, what am I going to wear? You wear what you wore the day before. It's fine. Yeah, I think that's it's like... going to change. <laughs> I hate that here when the, the weather changes at some point throughout the day. I feel lied to. Like, straight up. Like, London, just like, like I, I saw the day, I decided upon the sun, and mm. then it's like 11 p.m. Now, nah, fuck you, dude. You're walking home in the rain. And I'm like, rude. I was in Melbourne for five, six years, and so I still have that 
uh, sort of unreasonable panic that comes if I feel like I'm even slightly dressed wrong for the day <laughs> because it gets so cold so quickly. Like there's times where it'll drop something like 10 degrees in a couple of hours or something and you never, if I feel a slight breeze, I still can't shake that. Oh, I better bring everything just in case. <laughs> or it's right. perfect if you feel a slight breeze, you go, that will pass. Or that was the day's one breeze. Yeah, exactly. We'll be fine. But if I get even, if I feel like I'm even slightly cold when I leave the house, uh, Melbourne has made me filled with fear. I I can tell. I I can Mm. see like the anxiety now. You're just like, oh, remember that time when I forgot a scarf? Yeah, and then it hailed, (laughs) (laughs) and then it was hot. Yeah, like in Perth, if you're getting rained on, you probably should just check that some meth head isn't just taking a piss on you. And that is producer Mooch laughing in the background <laughs> at Australian Stereotypes. Mooch, how are you? I'm good, I'm good. I've got a lot of relatives in Perth, so... Yeah. Really? <laughs> yeah. Well, the funny thing is, actually, this podcast, I've never been to Perth and I've never been in New Zealand. Ah. So you guys, you guys can lie to me well, as much as you want. Let me tell you tale. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you could decide whether it's a lie or not, but in Perth, last time I was there, I legitimately saw uh, a woman um, pissing behind a rubbish bin uh, yelling at her boyfriend to shield her at about 11 p.m. at night. Yeah, and I saw her like an hour later when she was shitting like this. Is that how you guys met? Yeah, it's beautiful. <laughs> Real romantic. I've become obsessed with this thing called Bread Gang. Do you know about Bread Gang? I do not no. know about Bread Gang. Oh, okay. oh, so it's it sounds like the kind of thing a man wearing a hat indoors would know about. Yeah, the Bread a, Gang. Yeah, no, it's, I don't, it's just Australians um, who go and find out the loosest city. And they just go around and they just find these people who are fucked on like meth, coke, coke, kept the lot. Mm. Um, and it's very funny. It's YouTube. Um, it's it's kind of derailing this. So but I'm going to pass yeah. it on back to you. I thought you might know about it, but like obviously it's just... No, uh, no, no. We, um, we, we have standards. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is my producer, right? Like he brought his dog in a bag to this show to yeah, give it a bit of warmth. Yeah, no, it's good. It's a good dog. Bag dog, Bag bread gang. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> bread gang. Look him up. It's good fun. The bread gang. All right. Yeah. So wait. So Perth. You were at Perth this year, both of you. Both of you. At I the, was in a, earlier. Yeah. At the but the same time. <coughs> no. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Back at the beginning of the year. Mm. I think. Yeah. It's but like, not at the festival. Not at the festival. Okay. That's what I was. That's what I was hinting at because no, I know the Perth no. festival that begins. We were just there. You were just there, just, just hanging there. out. Yeah. There was another reason to go. Yeah. To meet your folks. Yeah. All my family lives there. <laughs> like, <laughs> was that to meet them for James, or James already met James them? James had already met them. Um, okay. But there was uh, not for very long. I think just a couple of times. So that was. Right. So the first time we go back to stay. I mean, I have family there as well, and Laura's never met them. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, but that's because there are Samoans everywhere. But there's actually quite a lot of Wellington Pacific Islanders in Perth okay. like, working in the mines and uh, on mm. the oil platforms. Sure. So occasionally when I do a show, like, I'll do comedy in Perth, and there'll be a weird 80-20 Kiwi-Aussie split. Wow. So I'll go. So they just all come out. They're like, "Here's our boy, finally." Yeah, and it's like not even like just any Kiwi. It's specifically Maori and Pacific Islanders, which is a completely different show dynamic because there's like this in jokey humor 
Yeah. Uh, yeah. And you know how every culture's got their gallows humor, eh? Like, it's like, <laughs> and so it was some real, like, light, and they've come to hear that and for us to have that. But there's this 20% Australian audience who have no idea what's going on. <laughs> yeah. So I've got to kind of walk them through it. And, it's, and it only happens in Perth. Because there's there's that many there, right? And like, that's just because of the mining stuff and the oilery stuff, just yeah. the work, the money in Perth. It's actually cheaper for a lot of New Zealanders to live in New Zealand and just fly in because mm. of the um the oh the FIFA fly in fly out yeah. working because it's like for anyone uh, just for anyone who's British who has no idea what the fuck we're talking about <laughs> at this point. Um, basically, Perth is a big mining boom, and it's got oil as well. And you have uh, the workers there; they fly yeah. in for two weeks, work, fly out for two weeks, and like that's the contract that you can't work longer than that like yeah, they don't let you and the australian dollar is stronger than the new zealand dollar so a lot of low socioeconomic um people in new zealand have been able to you know get themselves up and out by taking mining and oil work in australia and we're happy to have you because it's a shit job it's hey, real hard look, from everyone who's ever done it i've just been like man it is tough it some is of a us tough can't slot. play rugby i think that's the, that's the brutal <laughs> truth we can't all play for all of the world's mm. rugby teams well I was, I was actually wait just to just to make sorry i just realized i haven't given this context at all you guys are married that's why yes. we're talking about your in-laws and stuff like that not just I mean, a couple I, of mates from other countries meeting each other's parents i was hanging out that we would never reveal during the podcast that we were married <laughs> oh i'm so just, sorry and and it would just be a surreal experience for <laughs> people watching and listening we can we can edit this out and really make it just like a big cliffhanger <laughs> just like at the end like they're married Will oh, they fuck. won't they <laughs> have they man the australian new zealand comedy communities are close yeah 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 real close wait we should we just just to bring up rugby early just hmm. to get it out of the way because the world cup I saw you put this thing up about Samoans playing for every team, and you're absolutely right. And I just missaid Samoans there, didn't I? Oh, yeah, I mean, it's Samoan, but like, as I say on stage, I don't think we're that precious about the enunciation of vowels. Okay. As long as they're in the right order. It's in the right order? Great. Well, I will crush that for the majority <laughs> of the show. Um, but yeah, you guys seem to play for every team, mm. including the Australian team. I'm pretty sure there's a yeah, couple yeah, on there. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Why, why, why the diaspora? Why, like, why is it so spread out across all the different teams? Uh, well, uh, colonialism and, um, <laughs> and economics, uh, it's, it's good contracts. In the old days, a lot of Pacific Island rugby players would play for the Rugby World Cups, uh, which were primarily in Europe, mm -hmm. uh, and then would get contracts with the rugby league teams. So actually in, in England, um, specifically, in Scotland hilariously as well, but in England and the North, um, you know, your, your Leeds, your York, mm. um, and Manchester, there's all of these Pacific Island families who right. are a couple of generations deep. Just because of the World Cup? Because uh, of uh, rugby and rugby league. Right. Uh, like my cousin played rugby league for England, uh, oh. Mr. Murray Vasivalu. Um, yeah. and, uh, and he could, he played for England because he couldn't get a contract uh, in Australia and New Zealand. Um, but he could get one here. It's put his kids through high school. It's got mm. himself a nice house, helped out his family back in Samoa. You know, and so is it because the standard over here is like just slightly lower than the club rugby or like professional rugby standard in Australia and New Zealand, or no, there's just more teams? I don't like, necessarily think so. I think there's just I think it's honestly it's people who are willing to come from our climates, sure, and play it mm. because it's cold. <laughs> I think similar to um, how there are so many Australian artists in Britain and anything like that. <laughs> I was just about to say that. If you yeah. want to give up the climate, there is an economic advantage yeah. to coming here. And that thing of, you know, we don't have a massive media industry in Australia, so there are more jobs and there are just more opportunities if you're willing to move. 
Yeah, well, I mean, just sheer population yeah. size. And so. proximity to Europe. Yeah. Because the French play rugby and the Italians do. Have you got the thing? Yeah. Toulouse, Toulouse have like a really powerhouse team, don't they? Yeah. I'm trying to remember, yeah. Oh, there's, yeah, there's a whole bunch of... And that's really handy because, you know, when you when you go to France, if you speak English, uh, with respect to your producer, uh, they're not they're not big fans in France of, of, of the English. So if you speak English, they go... I'm oh, Irish. Oh, yeah. <laughs> exactly, man. You gotta if you gotta quickly establish on oh, Nouveau Zealand or Australia, yeah, uh, or you know it's salmon, salmon. You know? Yeah, like it's so it's it's really interesting to be from the complete other side of the mm. world, and especially from the Pacific Islands, mm. and you go to places where there is rugby, and I think that's one of the small mm. things that sport is really been great for our people is spreading that idea of the identity about. Yeah. I mean, you know, take New Zealand. Just straight up take New Zealand. Look at it like before Lord of the Rings. It's basically just the All Blacks. <laughs> right. That is true. Like before that, I had nothing. Mm. I had nothing <laughs> to hang no my idea. hat on. Yeah. And sheep. Like that and was sheep. it. And sheep. That's true. Sheep and rugby. Yeah. Yeah. That's true, actually. Didn't now it's sheep, rugby, Lord of the Rings, and Lord. <laughs> no, and Flight of the Concords. Oh, Come and Concords as well. That's yeah, right. Sorry. I, I think. I think. Sorry, Benjamin. <laughs> I, I feel I feel kind of sad to admit this, but I'm I'm curious what Laura reckons. Do you think New Zealand has kind of like eclipsed Australia in terms of like arts output recently? Like they're doing I th- very I think well. It's, um, funded better. We've had conservative government uh, for a f- couple of good terms now, and mm. the the cuts to ABC, but not just that, but the. Uh, the grassroots funding has all been, you know, when they went through and they uh, they took all the independent arts grants and funded them through one body and then, you know, it was all sort of dealt with so that money went to things like the opera. Um, the opera? Yeah, when George Brandis was in right. charge, remember there was sort of those graffiti campaigns where they would graffiti George Brandis' face onto sort of all sorts of different artworks because he was sort of um, in charge of where the funding went and so a lot of Wait, regional stuff got cut and uh-huh. and I think that's had a massive impact on the Australian arts industry and it's and it's it's sort of like they've they stemmed it mm. five six seven years ago and you can see it drying up in parts you can see the on uh flowing effects of those cuts, right you so know. the cuts were a while ago but now is when we're really seeing like yeah. oh what happened why are there so many operas why aren't there any new shows australian ones coming through on right. these different platforms where are these things why aren't there like people are starting to notice that there is a lack of output yeah and i was fortunate when i came through in western australia uh, i was young and there was a lot of youth grants for artists in just in Perth during the mining boom Mm. there was money so I was given you know just small grants here and there to go and like take a show over to Melbourne Comedy Festival and things like that and that's not right um, not quite as common anymore okay that's interesting I I just don't know about that side of stuff I've never I've never sought out a grant (coughs) 
It's never, it's never been like oh, in man, my, you're, in you're my head. A white male. You I know. Should, you should be like play that card, man. Get those cards. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's the thing. Like, you just got it. Like, for me, it's different. You got to like, you don't have to like look for government funding. You just kind of have to look for your dad's number, <laughs> give him a, give him a buzz, and just kind of be like, look, I've got, I've got some ambition. Can you help? <laughs> I reckon the Australian government would fund this podcast. What do you, what do you reckon? <laughs> Absolutely, yeah. be nice. Go well, look, I, quick, quick shout out to the Melbourne International Comedy Festival. It's now listed on their podcast library on their website. Cheers, guys. Uh, nice work, Melbourne International Comedy Festival. One email. They were like, sure. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, that's interesting. I didn't, yeah, I didn't realize the... Are you from a rural area in Perth? I never sort of, sort um, of. Outer, outer metropolitan. It would technically Out, count as, but there's outer a lot metropolitan of, is definitely a technical. Term. Yeah, there's there's. <laughs> Horses in their orchards, uh, but it's not remote. Okay. You know, it's, uh, and, you know, I, we don't have to drive three, four hours to the nearest town right. or anything like that. And a lot of remote uh, regional communities uh, are in that situation. Sure. So how far out of, like, the centre of Perth? An hour. An hour? Cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's standard. Come on. Yeah. An hour. That's Is that just standard? I think that's, like, the standard transport time for anything yeah, in my exactly. brain. Mm-hmm. Even here. Which makes yeah. no sense. It's just like you go from like a certain part of London to another bit. It's about an hour. Yeah. So and it's not it's not built up. There's a lot of um, bush. But, you know, I am conscious that I didn't grow up in something where you could only access, you know, the flying doctor service or something like that, where there's no ambulances, no... Yeah, 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 yeah. It wasn't, no it wasn't isolated? Was that... Yeah. A little bit. Like, it's isolated if you don't drive, if you don't have a car. You do have to just stand in the bush until someone comes and gets you. <laughs> did, that, did that ever happen? Yeah, heaps. <laughs> like, you know, you can only walk to to your mate's place somewhere else in this tiny little pocket because if you if you try and walk into the city, it'll take you know four or five hours or something right. like that. Okay, no, so I'm 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 getting I'm getting the vibe on the distance now. Yeah, because like an hour, I'm like that's oh, not that far. Then it's like four or five hours. What, man? That's a that's fun. Yeah. That's a that's a that's a voyage. And you were Wellington, yeah. which is the capital. It's the capital of New Zealand. It's got a very good public transport uh, system because it's very small. <laughs> okay. Mm. You know, you can have, and even then they've just screwed it up, which is quite hilarious to watch from overseas. Mm. The, um, the bus system there. But I would like saying, Laura, the comedy scene in New Zealand is in Auckland and always has been. Right. But a lot of the famous acts come from outside of Auckland, and so when I started. Like we didn't have like Jetstar or uh, which is EasyJet mm. over here in the UK. We didn't have a cheap flight service, mm-hmm. so you couldn't necessarily afford to get a plane to Auckland to go to the gigs. So you had to get the twelve-hour bus. Sorry, just um, South Island, North Island, are they the same island? Or? Uh, oh, Wellington's at the bottom of the North Island, uh-huh. and Auckland's sort of towards the top. But it's, it's twelve hours. It's the distance London to Edinburgh. Twelve hours drive. Yeah. Wow. I mean, it used okay. to be. You can now do it. You can probably do it in eight, seven and a half if you're pushing a few speed limits. Because um, okay. the roads were bad. Sure. Like people, like to give UK listeners an understanding, like, and anyone who's from the UK who's been to New Zealand will understand this. Mm. Our main state highway, our, our state highway one, you know, like the UK M1, yeah. eight lanes. And like you go, was it up to Manchester, I think? London to Manchester, M1. Yeah, just bang. Yeah, like bang. Oh, man, oh, Glasgow, 70 miles like, an hour. Yeah, you're smashing it. Like New Zealand State Highway 1, you you had to stop several times because <laughs> of sheep and cattle. <laughs> like, that's, I like how much intensity you said that with. <laughs> like, you, you just stop like, sometimes. Like, 
but you shouldn't have to. And it's like only when you leave, like when you grow up, you know, when you're used to something. Yeah. Like when I came over here and was like on the roads, going to, like I would just like some idiot hick just staring at me and go, whoa. <laughs> like the road, like there's no delays. It doesn't like shrink from a motorway in 50 meters into a single lane, right? Like, that then has gravel for a little bit. <laughs> 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 and it's like it's, it's it's so different. And I don't think you realize how because New Zealand is is weirdly like Perth, mm. and that the isolation mm. really like it, it, it leads to some real quirks. Yeah. People don't appreciate how far people think New Zealand's distance from Australia is like France and England. Yeah, mm. they think it's close because we did long distance at the start. And people go, "Oh yeah, because you were just close." And you know, it's still like a six-hour flight. Is it a six-hour flight between Melbourne and? I thought it was like four. Well, no, it's, oh, three, it's three between Melbourne and Wellington. It's six, seven between Wellington and Perth. Mm. Oh, wow. Yeah, seven's huge. That's like Sydney to Singapore. Mm. Yeah. That's a, that's a decent, decent voyage. Yeah, so it's, like, like it's, it's quicker. When Laura was in Melbourne, I was in Wellington. Mm. It, was, mm. it was quicker for us to pop over there than for her to pop back and see oh, her family. Were, yeah. Right. We could meet in Sydney or something, and it still blows my mind being over here, the thought that you can just drive anywhere and end up anywhere else is something that I'm still adjusting to because like in in Perth mm. there's all the coastal towns and everything like that but the fact that people don't consider Birmingham to just be a suburb of <laughs> the whole UK <laughs> you know the fact that you go and you're like oh this is a nice town people are like no it's a city you're like oh I'm I'm so sorry <laughs> like Perth I'm sorry for calling your town you know, a city <laughs> well like it's Perth to Adelaide is is fucking ages what is, what is it like fif- 15 more? No, it must yeah, be more. Yeah, a bit more because it's it's like eight between Melbourne and Melbourne. Melbourne City is about Adelaide. eight to ten, yeah. and then yeah, Melbourne to Adelaide's a bit shorter. Yeah, but, but it, you know, Western Australia is the size of the UK, I think. Yeah, because people do in- interesting things with size. Like I don't think people realize, and even I didn't think about this until Laura was telling me, like Australia and the United States have about the same width. Is that right, guys? Yeah. It's something like that. It's, yeah. it's similar. Uh, Australia is 3,000 miles. I know that because of a joke I researched, <laughs> but I don't know the US. And Which, I, can you look it up, the US? Yeah. How, how, we get, this, this how wide much. it is. Oh, oh, there's, how there's wide? A, a great educational website called uh, truesize.com. Truesize.com. That you, sounds intimidating. It sounds intimidating, <laughs> but it's, uh, <laughs> it's where you can drag different countries to different points on the equator to see their uh, relative landmass. So oh, things that's like cool. Russia is not as big as you think it is. Because uh, where it is on Australia the globe. is much bigger because once you um, ah. so Australia, um, something on the curve. It's um, 2,680 miles. Wide. Australia? No, America. 2,680 miles. Yeah, that means Australia is wider. Yeah. If, yeah. That, if, that, if that joke of mine <laughs> is girthier. true. It's girthier, mm-hmm. mate. That's the most important bit. But that's the, and that's the thing. So I think people, because I know New Zealanders... I've learned this from talking to them. Like they go Sydney, Melbourne, probably just a, a gap, few hours, <laughs> yeah. Perth. Sure. But they can't they can't comprehend the size of the desert. Mm. And I think it's the same with Europeans, is that they go, Oh yeah, Australia. Oh, I reckon that's about the size of, you know, Spain to Germany, maybe. Yeah. You know? Like no, it's it's like it's insanely big. Like yeah, when you, you like talk they, to Europeans about drives and they're just like, Yeah, that was like that was like a long one. It's like how far is like four hours and you're like, What? <laughs> but if you showed right. them how much of Europe you can fit into Australia, 
Yeah. Down there, yeah, like. Yeah, you can. Well, like, I say on I say on stage like Australia is like the size of like all of Europe. And yeah, you can is. just you can just see them kind of be like, no, it's not. And I was like, no, but it is. Yeah, like I, that's the distance. Like I think, bang. I think that Perth perspective again, because I used to fly over to Sydney and Melbourne a, a lot um, to do shows, and and when the planes weren't even as good as they are now, you could sit and watch the same bit of fucking desert <laughs> for like two hours. Yeah, hours. It's much faster now in the new planes, but it, it used to be like four hours to Melbourne, mm. and then six, seven, eight to Sydney um, or Brisbane. Like if you're going across, up, yeah. yeah, ages. Because it's the diagonal. Yeah, it's like the desert is like huge. I tried to explain to someone. I forget who it was. Just like because I've driven from like Sydney to Broken Hill, which is like kind of the mm. westernmost point of New South Wales, and it's just like. It's just flat. Mm. There's nothing. There's one lane going each way and the road is just dead straight and you can just see it mm. for like a hundred kilometers. So you can just see a car coming for like 30 <laughs> minutes being like, yeah, fuck, he's almost here. <laughs> like, just, just watching it just in the distance, just like, yeah, no, probably about 20 minutes and we'll see him. Then like you wave, you're like, ah. <laughs> like just keep going. And, like every driver waves just because you're like, I don't know when I'll see someone else. But also, like, I reckon it's to prove you're not insane. <laughs> Let's go, you're real, eh? Yeah, I'm real. Are you real? <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was my theory about why, like, Australians talk slow. It's just because in the old days when it was just so rare to see anybody, you really wanted to draw it out. <laughs> but, like, we had no news. <laughs> so you'd have to really slow down the speech. Like, there's more, the more country you go, the slower it is. They're just like, fucking, yeah, nah. Yeah, it's all right. I reckon Kiwis do the opposite. I reckon we talk quite fast because we're so emotionally repressed. We just want to get the conversation out of the way as quickly as possible. <laughs> You're right, mate. Yeah, all right. Yeah, good. Yeah, okay, mate. Yeah. <laughs> that, sorry, I think that's one thing we should address here. I think they think that we don't get on in this country. They think that like Australia and New Zealand yeah. have some kind of like dislike for each other. That said, the New Zealanders hate us way more. Really? Oh, so this, much more. Hilariously yeah, more. We, we're like, ah, our friends. And <laughs> New Zealanders are like, yeah. <laughs> but like yeah. it's, it's, it's so big brother little brother though right it's so younger sibling who's like you never loved me it's <laughs> like we love you so much you're so cute yeah. what are you talking about you guys are doing great we're so proud of you yeah, we're like fuck you <laughs> England always loved you more <laughs> I mean we were closer yeah I think, that's, I think that's like all it is right if like you flipped the locations like I think New yeah. Zealand would be but that's the one that everyone talks about. It's funny because I don't think we appreciate that without Australia, we would not have achieved as much as we have. Like Kiwis are renowned for batting above their like average. Like we achieve so much. We'll constantly go on about per capita. We will, you know, we will constantly. You, if you talk with a Kiwi long enough, they'll be like, "Oh, mate, but per capita, per capita, oh, mate, considering our population, yeah. you would not believe." And it's literally because we've always felt we've got to compete with Australia, whereas Australia's like we compete. Uh, Australians go, "Oh, we compete with you know England and China and America," mm. and New Zealand's like, "Now nah, screw that. Oh, can we be better than Australia?" Yeah, and so yeah. the whole national psyche becomes focused on being better than Australia, mm. which is so weird and so damaged. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it makes sense, though, because like, we're like the, you know, if you conquer yeah. us, then you can compete with New Zealand, America and China. Like, we're the stepping stone. Yeah. Just moving across. Yeah. Because like, we're, we're losing that battle. I don't know if you check the scores, but 
the USA, China, and England are winning. <laughs> Not even in the Olympics. I remember Sydney 2000 Olympics. I was like in the opening ceremony. We came like fifth or something in like the medal tally or sixth. And I was like, fuck yeah, we got it. Now we just stink. Oh, per true. capita, though, man. Per, per capita. capita. Unbelievable. <laughs> Not even good at swimming anymore. That stings. <laughs> that stings to my national identity. That's all we got. <laughs> We're good at being wet. <laughs> You, gotta, you just got to get chased by more sharks, mate. That's oh. always been my theory, is that Australians are good at swimming because you have things to chase you. Oh, come on. You never see them. You must. Shark, are there shark attacks news that they ask you about it? Occasionally. It's a bit cold for us. It's a bit cold, okay. Yeah, it's a bit like, cold, cold for us to swim and cold for the sharks to mm. swim too. But yeah, down, uh, down south, I think you get a few of the sharks coming over. Because like South Africa's got just as many shark attacks as Australia, but it's just they've got other things going on. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> they've got other things they get asked about. Whereas in Australia, it's just like, oh, so the, the sharks, huh? Yikes. Still a still a threat? Yeah. Believe it or not, never seen one. You've never seen a shark? Never seen one. I know it's going to blow English people's minds and I'm just swatting them out of my bathtub, but... I've seen, like, little ones. Like wobbygongs? I've seen a wobbygong. Yeah, or, or, like, tiny sort of little... Ah, oh, that's, a, that's a baby big one or something, like, in the shallows. <laughs> like, because it has to sort of be in around the coast and the rocks are usually right where they're big before that before they're big yeah. they get like little little shallows fish yeah, and exactly. they go on to surfers yeah like and that. tourists yeah the shark's favorite diet well like in western australia i think people forget like rupert murdoch's an australian and so mm. they he owns like papers over there but it's the same brain and the same formula as the tabloids over here. Yeah. But over here, it's like immigrants and 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 Brexit and what. And, but in Western Australia, it's not a massive thing. So it's sharks. So it's like, <laughs> but it's the same outlay and same yeah. platform. Honest to God, but I it's think like the sharks are coming to take our jobs. <laughs> I think the the front page of the West Australian is a shark related headline. <laughs> Four it's... times out of ten. She's not joking. She's not joking. Oh my god! <laughs> I I've, can't. I've never seen a shark-related headline in Sydney. We get the proper yeah. tabloids being like these goddamn immigrants coming <laughs> over, yeah, stealing it... our sharks, putting them in soup. Like you so know, as we've established, they need that in Perth for the economy. So they're not going to go these immigrants coming over here, right. going down our mine shafts. So they're like, <laughs> oh, who can we be afraid of? The sharks! <laughs> the sharks are coming. Yeah. We can't have the immigrants. They're Keeping this economy afloat. <laughs> Very crucial. Yeah, because it'll be front page shark news. <laughs> front page shark news. <laughs> and, then, and then open pages like local Perth celebrities or, you know, a, a you know, sort of page three sort of uh, thing. And then the next page is like, whatever global crisis is happening. <laughs> you right. know, it's... <laughs> Now that we've covered the sharks and the local celebrities, yeah, what is going on massive, with climate change? Yeah, yeah massive yeah. political motion that's just been passed or something, but you have to get through the, like, yeah. the sharks and then the bikini girl and then you can get to the <laughs> yeah. news. And it would be something stupid like, Greta, Greta Thunberg, doesn't she look like a shark? <laughs> Shark-related content. Man, I was watching the AFL Grand Final, streaming it illegally because I'm Australian. And I will not pay for a live pass. Fuck that. I love that I said I was going to do the water pour and Laura's just like, mate, you've missed a shot. Yeah. For, the, for all the listeners who don't realize how polite Laura's are. I haven't even, even sipped. That's why I'm selfish. <laughs> My water, I was, I was drenched. 
I was quenched. <laughs> <That's very laughs> um, but no, I was streaming. I was streaming the AFL, and it was clearly an AFL stream like stolen from like Tasmania, because there were just like all these adorable like '90s style commercials about like Launceston's famous dress shop. <laughs> <laughs> like it looked like it was made in Word, like like just Word art stuff. Being like real cheap dresses, Launceston dollies, but like it is like what is like you forget how small little bits of Australia are and fucking Tassie. Yeah, is the littlest one. I love going there so much. It's it's um one of my favourite ones. There's a, a gig there that Gavin Baskerville runs at Joker's mm. uh, in Hobart, and I love doing that one so much. It, and uh, I went over to MC a wedding. That MC a wedding. In, yeah, it was in Silver Sands. I, a friend's wedding or professional yeah, a, a, wedding. A friend's mother's wedding. Okay. And uh, I was the the host. <laughs> for it mm. stood on the back of a pickup truck and it was a beautiful little <laughs> wedding but then you go for a drive and Tassie's such a it's such an interesting landscape mm. um it's so beautiful and so horrible at exactly the same <laughs> time why, why is it horrible oh i think like the the colonial history of tasmania like the the indigenous history is right. pretty fucking bleak is, is it is and it then, worse than other places i'm yeah. quite an ignorant person Usually, yeah. I, usually I play this with guests who are from the UK. No, and everyone's right. like, "Ah, oh, that makes sense. It's from Australia." But also yeah. Australia. <laughs> also, also, sort of some of the the harshest uh, convict history is right. You know, that sort of um, you know convict built uh, sort of big brutal things on the cliffs of a sea and a you know if you were sent to Tasmania, that's a that's a brutal yeah. landscape to find yourself in. That was like the little island off yeah. the big island where we sent the criminals. Well, Tasmania is a lot more like Britain in terms of its climate. Right. Because it's, it's the most closest to New Zealand in terms mm. of... So you've got that South uh, Antarctic. So it's not... If you're, if you're a UK and you've never been to the, uh, Australia and that, it's, it's the most British mm. kind of seashore you can get. Mm. It's actually um, Abel Tasman, the guy who found it, was the guy who found New Zealand. Because like most Dutch people, he was looking for Australia. And he, <laughs> I, I love the story because he got to Tasmania and he was like, all right, it's, it's around here somewhere. It's either north or east. Yeah. And so he went east and fucking missed it. <laughs> but he found New Zealand. Right. That's a, I surely, if that's, you were... That's if, why it's the Tasman Sea. Right. That, make, I, that makes total sense. But, like, surely finding New Zealand is more impressive, you know? Like, Australia's fucking massive. Like, you're here eventually. It's more, it's more not... embarrassing to miss Australia than Australia. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the history of Pacific discovery by, by Europeans. Yeah. You know, they, were, they were trying to find Australia. They were they trying to find Australia and they missed. Uh, and so we all got colonized by these people. And, and Pacific Islanders are the world's greatest sailors at this point. And we're literally colonized by these people who are such bad sailors, they can't find Australia. <laughs> but they've got guns. So we're like, ah. ah. Yeah. Are you sure instead of taking our land, you wouldn't prefer some directions? Yeah. <laughs> well, Captain Cook, the famous English explorer, um, he, he took a navigator with him, Tupaia, uh, oh. from, uh, I want to say, Tahiti. Mm. Right. Uh, and, uh, and so when he got to New Zealand, he couldn't speak Maori. And neither could Tupaia, but the, the language was close enough. The root language was there mm. that he could kind of interpret a little bit. He was basically like the dude giving Cook street cred. 
<laughs> <laughs> just go yeah, look they're, they're okay they're okay like, yeah. they're gonna look around they're gonna I like, I like Laura just wincing at the store and being like <laughs> yeah. street cred oh no I, I, just for any Maori people listening I'm not blaming Tahiti for Captain Cook like, it's, that's all him <laughs> <laughs> has Tahiti ever been blamed for anything? <sighs> probably not but it's the French who own it the French, yeah, because the French took a bit, didn't they? The French, no, they French took the whole thing. They took the whole thing. <laughs> it's the whole thing. It's French Polynesia. I thought it was French Polynesia, but I thought it was like I thought that was like a bit. I didn't realize it was like the whole section. No, the whole section of yeah, ah. Tahiti's in French Polynesia, right? Which is run by the French, but like most of the Pacific's owned by other people, right? Why do I not know anything about this? Did you, did you know about this as an Australian person? Or I knew just since... bits. I've learned a lot. Um, yeah. Because we don't really you won't get. Stop talking about. It. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, because like we don't really get much of the history. Like I think Australians are not educated on these things for a reason. But shouldn't we know that we yeah. did bad? Devil's advocate. It's only one, it's two. No, it's one of your coasts, the Pacific. Mm. You got Tasman on one side, Pacific, and then you got Indian, like Lewis from Western Australia, mm. and they got. You know, Western Australia is the size of New Zealand, well, bigger than New Zealand, and they've got their own. So that's a, a landmass mm. in the group. Of, so mm. there's a whole section of cultural disasters there that they've mm. got to learn about before <laughs> they even get to the Pacific side. Mm. I, she only, I'm just filling her in so she doesn't put her foot in it when she comes and meets her Pacific family in New Zealand. <laughs> <laughs> to get on top of it. Because, I mean, yeah, I was, I was looking this up on the, um, like before, before I had you guys on just because I was curious. Because like, in Australia... The indigenous population is like less than 3%, mm. according to Wikipedia, which is uh, incredibly low, if you consider it was 100% quite recently. Mm-hmm. Um, and then in New Zealand, it's more like, I think it was about 17% Maori and then mm. like another 10% Polynesian like, yeah. on top of that. And it's just like, so surely like, would you say like, the average New Zealander is much more aware of like indigenous cultures and like Maori culture and... Polynesian culture? Yeah, but I think it was, it's been a... I mean, it's it's a newer thing than people think. There was a renaissance in the late 80s and early 90s of, of Māori and Māori culture and a real push to, to bring back the identities and the language. The language is the key part. Mm. Um, and by proxy, uh, that's flown into Pacific renaissance within the New Zealand mm. community and then an embracing of other cultures as well. Right. Fin- it really, I mean, you know, it comes back to rugby. It comes back to the All Blacks. <laughs> you know, those guys have been doing the Māori haka yeah. for, since they came to the UK. Uh, back in the late 1800s. Trench warfare, you might be interested to know, was invented by the Māori. Right. Well, uh, when they were fighting the... the British, the pass system oh. in New Zealand. So the British took that. So in terms of um, embracing or, you know, it starts off as taking and then it sort of comes off learning uh, about their indigenous culture. It, it was much more, but I think people also don't appreciate, I didn't appreciate as a New Zealander, how diverse the indigenous cultures of Australia are. Mm. I think, again, that comes back to not being able to grasp the size. Yeah. Mm. You know, like, like that, of course, tribes in Adelaide and tribes in Perth of indigenous people might have similar thing, but that's the same as tribes in Germany. Yeah. And, and you know, and tribes mm. in Portugal might have similar, but completely different. Yeah, and I think people do do not understand that if they're not Australian. It's just like, oh, like they're all the same, right? It's like, no, nah, there's like, well, there's like 
Yeah. Was it thousands of different tribes? Uh, like? There's a, a great map you can look up that will show you the, the maps of different... Uh, but you've got a lot of map-based recommendations <laughs> for this podcast. Yeah, Laura, Laura's great passion is maps. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. And yeah, which... which uh, Do you know what it's called? I will put it in the description so people uh, can look at it. I think you can... I'll like, find it. I, I, to find it, I would just look up uh, Indigenous Map of Australia. I mean, that um, seems like a very reasonable... Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's what I would look up. <laughs> Some uh, of the stuff sounds profound, but actually <laughs> it's depressingly easy. <laughs> Just like, I wonder why I've never looked that up. Oh, because it makes me sad. Like, it's like, oh dear, what have yeah, we done? Yeah, but it is interesting to see, because it is, it's so tightly packed, but, uh, and it looks like there's so many, but you think of the actual landmass that those people are mm. occupying, and it's big. Yeah, massive. Know? Yeah, and if you're, and the fact that so much of the land was lived in and mm. used, and mm. once it was colonized, we just like... Yeah. Left the middle still. I mean, yeah, we still we've yeah. turned into a bit of a donut, really. Yeah. Um, it's, it's we've like isn't it like ninety percent of the Australian population lives within like an hour of the coast? Like it's some it's something yeah. like nuts. Like when you consider most of it is the middle, you know, yeah. just like it's just like we're just like nah, like we do want to be able to get to the water though. <laughs> we want to we want to be able to relate to these shark based headlines. That's what we want. That always gets me is like the population of Western Australia. Right? think it could have changed i think it's two million what the whole thing yeah isn't perth like 1.2 yeah wow like it's just no one there there's no one there and that's why i find it so fascinating interesting to sort of travel here and just get on a train and it stops at birmingham you know Mm. go up to manchester and the whole way i'm like there's so many people they're fucking everywhere along this train line (laughs) yeah Whereas if you get a long train through the suburbs in Australia, you can, you know, I know they're not high-speed trains, but, you know, if you even get a train through Melbourne, you'll end up in Frankston. Mm. That's an hour and ten or something on the train, I think. Yeah. And like, there's and it's not another city with millions of people in it. Yeah, definitely not and like also just like just the density still mm. isn't there like even though it's like an hour like within melbourne just yeah. kind of like, there's not a lot of people out there anymore <laughs> i don't know what happened to them but as we got closer to frankston what? or franger just for any australian yeah. listeners why are there so few people in in australia uh it's it's a long way away yeah. we've got some pretty tight immigration policies yeah um but also know. but yeah planes have only got to a point where you can get there mm like reasonably mm. quick like it's you know it used to take a couple of days didn't it like back in the old cricket tours like they'd yeah. have to stop over and refuel and stop again get a couple of kegs mate yeah <laughs> and put the VBs. i forget who oh you guys probably won't know but who was the record for the most tennies on the flight booney mate booney yeah it's, what always, is it? it's, it's like, always booney good tasmanian good tasmanian boy it's like it's like something insane it's like 50 like it's just this insane amount of beers you drink 50 beers on the flight you're Jesus. probably going why do i know that i'm the kiwi at the table i'll tell you why because uh he was a cricket player and we don't like him in new zealand <laughs> why not because they bowled a cricket ball underarm to us that's true but that wasn't was that his era that was trevor chapel oh no it was trevor chapel mate it was uh but we never forget in new zealand and it was taught in schools uh when i was growing up as a kid the underarm delivery yep when you learned about australia you learned about australian cricket and you learned about trevor chapel i shouldn't know that name (laughs) name. no interest in it whatsoever 
Look, yeah. you got it. It's very important. It's part of our history. And I wonder why they don't like us. Couldn't, could not <laughs> tell you. Could not tell you who's in the Australian cricket team now. Really? But could, can tell you quite a few players through to about 1995. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. I really thought that you guys liked us too, but maybe that's just the arrogance. I think we do of outside the big of brother. New Zealand. I think, like in London. As soon as we get here, we're all. We're all antipodeans. Yeah. We band together. Antipodean. Yeah. How do you guys feel about that as a term? I've got to say, it frustrates me greatly. So they define us based on our location in relation to them. You know what I mean? It's like, it's not, it's not Steve, that's my next door neighbor. You know what I mean? Like you refuse to give him a title, mm. like his actual title. It's like, yeah, you're Antipodeans, like lumping us in like we're all the same. Yeah. It's, I like it's really it. frustrating when that happens, isn't it, bro? <laughs> I like it because it means you are from as far away as possible. <laughs> that, that's what you like about yeah. it. Yeah. You know, yeah, I'm from the opposite of here. Is what I, <laughs> when I say it, that's what I feel in my heart. So, Laura, uh, you're from the opposite. Yeah, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm not like you. <laughs> <laughs> so you're still enjoying your time in London then? Yeah, I really do like it. Um, <laughs> it it's really nice. But uh, with the, the fury between the countries, you notice it because... Uh, when I say I've married a Kiwi, people go, oh, that's great. A Kiwi, what good luck you've had. <laughs> and James goes, oh, an Australian. <laughs> Is she okay? Oh, really? Like, yeah. the Kiwis are like, you've married a... Yeah, like, you've got... Yeah, you've got to marry within the family? Is like she all right? Is she a good one? <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, it's a real weird kind of... Oh, so you met your wife overseas? Yeah, oh, okay. And, and you guys got married overseas? Yeah, oh... She's Dutch, what, Swedish, what, yeah. <laughs> English. No, mate, she's the most Australian woman I could find. How Australian? Perth Australian. Perth, Perth Australian. Yeah. Most Australian woman you could find. Is that an, is that an insult or a compliment? Look, I, it's, I don't think it's fitting. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but... Uh, yeah, I, I mean, it is. I do have a. It's relative. <laughs> I mean, you're not in a bikini going. Where the bloody hell are you? I mean, yeah. that's, I don't, yeah, I think go. Oh. That was that was Lara Bingle, right? Back yes. in the day. What a what a great tourism campaign. <laughs> I think it worked. Uh, I've never heard of it. Yeah. Tony Blair referenced it. Really? Yeah, it's a weird moment for Tony Blair. Not the weirdest moment for Tony <laughs> Blair. <but. laughs> He's done, a, he's done a lot, the old, the old boy. But you guys moved here. Did you move here together or were you both kind of planning to move here? What was what, what was happened? the trajectory of what here? What happened, James? Oh, because you guys... You, um, why, why are you guys making this seem like I brought up something terrible? No, just trying to work out how we ended up married. <laughs> yeah. Still something we're trying to retrace our steps on. Yeah. So I was moving. Mm. I met James six months before I was... Less than six months, yeah. four months before I moved. Um, right. And then we said goodbye in Melbourne. I moved to the UK and mm -hmm. then James came with me. But that was all sort of decided in a really weird... I think I was coming to do Edinburgh. Yeah. And then I had quite a nice career in New Zealand. Um, uh -huh. <laughs> and then we got here and sort of decided that maybe we were engaged two days after James arrived. Two days after you yeah. arrived here, who, and then we married. Popped the, who popped the question? Neither. No, no. It was it was floated as a joke that then got very earnest, and then we were married <laughs> four weeks later. I think. Yeah. Um, wow. 
even in, like our engagement period sort of coincides with the le- like we say engaged we had to legally wait for the british government to approve us yeah um i think we could have got like I, I think we generally were of the mindset that if we could have got married that weekend we might have just cracked I it think out four weeks waiting time i think it's good because that's then you feel like you're doing what's legally required to make it a sane <laughs> yeah. decision but but the Pulling thing was food. that James was. We're really selling the romance. Here. Yeah, just like the legal requirement really more, made me realise it was the right decision. It's not. It's not that it was a wrong decision, yeah. and it's one of those ones where it is simultaneously a very romantic thing to do and a very like practical matter of fact. Like once you start to meld the romance of uh, love and affection and into like cold hard legal documents it's sort of a weird yeah for some reason in my head that's an incredibly australian thing <laughs> just like the romance but also the legal requirement like you yeah. want to fill out your paperwork if you want to feel the best ever we just wanted to call it it was just sort of a nice thing to sort of be like no i reckon i reckon we could get married it'd probably be all right i mean that'd be silly it'd be crazy we shouldn't do it but what's the what's the paperwork on that like oh yeah oh yeah we could so, so like we could get married in like what five weeks? That that would be this date. That's the one day off in Edinburgh. That'd be silly. I wonder how hard it is to get like married in Scotland. I don't know. I'm at the stand this weekend up in Edinburgh. I'll just pop in and see. Like, just, like I was like, it was real weird the way it synced up because I was no... doing gigs in Edinburgh. So I just popped into the registry office and was like, <laughs> if I wanted to get married, yeah, there was no proposal. No, there was, no proposal. There was no question. No, there was nothing. You know, nothing. No hilltop. No ring. No. no like, none of that None of that stuff, mate. Um, Fucking true blue. <laughs> it, was just, it was just like we started like pulling out a thread of like, right. oh, yeah. but what if? But Oh, yeah. Do you want it? Yeah, sure. Like, so like a very, very like consensual game of chicken. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like, everyone, we're everyone still in it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> still in yeah. like, Typical comedians. We just found a thread and we just kept pulling on it to see what would come out. Yeah. Uh, because you hadn't met each other's family beforehand, no, right? I'd met James's mum very, very, very briefly. briefly. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, Is that not like a big thing? Because like I'm, I'm engaged and stuff, and like I asked, I asked the blessing and all that stuff. I, well, I did we all to, the tradition. I mean, we had to ask a blessing because we had to ask them to send over documents. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so that was kind of inherent in asking the blessing, but. But it was sort of your mum's idea. Yeah, she. Met, I mean, she said it as an offhand joke when she said goodbye to me because I we didn't intend to get married and I didn't intend to leave New Zealand still be a terrible accident I've got to go <laughs> well because yeah because then what happened is I got a, a TV show and a radio series back right. in New Zealand that I had to periodically return to mm. to mm. do um, and so that yeah it's made our London experience slightly What's the word I'm looking for? I, have no idea. I was going to say like scattered, but that doesn't feel quite right. You know what? Like, like Laura's been here for a much larger chunk than mm. I have, mm. but I've come back and forth here for years. Right. So we've got slightly different experiences. James is London. a British citizen. I am. I yeah. I, I did my research. You're mm. Welsh. Yes, my mum uh, is from a place uh, called the Gower, which the is Gower. Uh, yeah. It's a group of hills. Um, uh, south of a, a place called the Mumbles, mm-hmm. uh, which is in uh, Swansea area. It's a very famous surf coast. Um, right, the, the, fam- the famous Welsh surf coast. Oh, oh man, Welsh surfing's a thing. What? Uh, yeah, Welsh love their surfing. Like what? insane, considering the temperature. 
But surf culture in Wales is, is, a, is a genuine thing. I like, yeah. I like that the Welsh people kind of have like New Zealand interests with like without the climate to properly like oh, justify they're so it. Kiwi. Mm. They're so hilarious. The Welsh are like, they love their rugby. They love a good pub sing along. Mm. Uh, <laughs> they uh, love good surf culture. They're like hilariously Kiwi. My dad got um, slightly kidnapped when he, um, when he Wait, went to slightly work. kidnapped? No, no, because what happened is he, he went into, um, my mum thought he'd gone missing. Yeah, because he didn't come home for hours, and it turned out he'd be down in the local pub spinning stories about the All Blacks. This is back in the early eighties. Okay, um, to uh, to all of the the Welsh people, and my dad was like, you know, Wikipedia back in the early eighties, <laughs> telling them stories about Samoan rugby players he knew and right. um, getting bought lots of free beers. But he did disappear <laughs> in, the, in the early eighties in a small town in Wales for about six hours. So mum was a bit concerned. <laughs> As you would be, be like, wait, what happened? I don't know if he's got that many hours worth of stories. We should call someone. Oh, no. My dad has, like, literally... My dad has so many hours worth of stories that most of my shows are about stories that my dad's told me, which I then convert into my own stories. Right. And if any of our children become stand-up comics, they'll probably no, convert my stories. Not. No, I mean... It can't like, be genetic. No. <laughs> like I, love you, I love that you guys, like, both had a sip there at the same mm. time. <laughs> Just like children, yeah. Unbelievable. Uh, no, it's more like children becoming artists. That'll be... Like, yes. Like, please be accountants or lawyers or something. something. <laughs> Any, anything but this. Environmental yeah. activists. Oh, yeah. Environmental oh, yeah, activists. Sure. There's no yeah. money in that either. No, but there's more dignity. <laughs> <laughs> there's a future in it. There's, yeah. there's a future. <laughs> It might going to be work, but so wait, yeah. So you're uh, a British citizen. You can stay here as long as you want. Uh, yeah. I mean, as well, you know. And, and as a married couple, you can stay here as long yeah, as you it's, want. Yeah, I, I think so. We're we're hoping so, but it is income tested still. So, uh-huh. uh We make enough money. We're just nervous because we're self-employed, so it's hard to prove, prove that we make enough. Yes. Money and also in a in a trajectory thing. Like I can't promise. That in you know, yeah, twelve months time, this exact amount will be coming in. It could be more, it could be less. There's no real way to tell. And with Brexit, it's sort of no one knows what the post-Brexit legislation is going to be on this kind of stuff, uh, because they're all talking about a whole bunch of different deals with the colonies now that Europe's going to mm. be shut off to them. So it could be easier, it could be harder. I mean, I saw that thing being floated that Australia and Britain will have free movement. Mm. Which I'm personally against, even <laughs> even though like it would make my life fucking easy. I just I just know that if they're floating that, then they know their economy is going to be fucked. Yeah, yeah. And we're just we're just going to put up all these Brits coming to Australia, being like, how how much fruit you want? I'll pick it. I'll do it. Like. And I should New Zealand they the hot. same thing. It's hard. Yeah. Someone's running this podcast, but in the antipodes. <laughs> <laughs> the Union Jack on. Yeah. The last time we gave British people free movement in New Zealand, we got colonised. So we're a bit more, <laughs> we're a bit more on edge about that happening again. A little bit careful. A little bit careful. I, d- I mean, it's this is the problem: is that when it comes to Brexit, if you cut off the European market and you are an empire, albeit a dying empire. <laughs> you you lean on your colonies as yeah. every empire in the history of imperialism has done. Yeah, and I think New Zealand and Australia and all the other like colonies are sort of beginning to wake up to the idea of like, oh, we're we're still we're still colonies. So yeah, we got to I think we're gonna. I think that might like if that all happens, but especially because the Queen is surely on her last legs. Like 
She must. Know. She just, just seems like she's never going to die. Well, she's the richest woman in the UK. Of course she's not going to die easily. Rich people die. That's, yeah, but they spend heaps of money to not die. That's true. That's, the whole, that's why I don't think you should celebrate the Queen when she gets old, because she's supposed to get old. She's that rich. She's meant to be writing herself heaps of letters. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's just it's funny because like, I think that might actually push the Republican thing on, in Australia anyway. Because that, that, when we were younger, oh, it, it could, really had a bit of a go. Now it's kind of tailed off. I, I think it would do the opposite. Really? Even. You think we'd get closer? Yeah, I reckon ah. it'd be, you know, yeah, Harry's and Megan's and Kate and Will's and ah. people might like double fist it. Just Re- relocate. Yeah. Just relocate the entire royal family to Australia. Just, just, that'd be chill. Just move the centre. Move, Take them. Yeah. Adelaide, maybe. Adelaide, move, yeah. yeah. Just move, like, grab London. Perth, grab get them mining. Get them all, yeah, get them all in. Get, get the royal family. Mining. Into the yeah. mines. Yeah, There's part, diamonds there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Here you guys like jewels. <laughs> it's a steal all the crown jewels. Hide them down a mine. <laughs> Go on, Liz. Get them. Yeah, yeah. But so, how how's your experience with the UK? Because like Laura and I have spoken about it. Uh, I think both lovingly mm. and uh, negatively. Yes, <laughs> probably equal measure. But what what about like James? Have you were you coming here before you guys moved here together? Like, did you spend more time here? Yeah, I'd, I'd come here annually. I'd go and do something like Edinburgh. But also, I was trying to get to know my British family. I grew up without them. Ah, uh, uh, right. My, yeah, my granddad wasn't very keen on my parents' marriage and. My mum mm. sort of lost contact with the family for about 20 years. So my adulthood, I've been coming over here partly to gig, but also to just rebuild those connections, mm. uh, which has been actually really nice for us mm. being over here because it means there's people that Laura can meet. But my experience of, of Britain's also interesting because I'm a person of colour and there, there, there are differences here to in the Antipodes in Australia and New Zealand both when we talk about people of colour. Um, I think there's less... Um, hard lines it's sort mm. of a catch-all whereas over here in London you talk about people of color then you talk about brown people you talk about black people mm. uh, talk about um, Asian Southeast Asian it's very because they've been having these conversations for so long it's very defined roles it also means I experienced some very strange racism over here that I'm not necessarily prepared for because sure. in Australia and New Zealand when I get racism it's usually um, Maori or, or Pacific or Middle Eastern based, depending on where I am. I'm aware of my complexion. I'm aware of what my complexion looks like with a tan. Over here, I will occasionally get Indian and Pakistani racism, sure, which I'm not prepared for because I've never had that before. Because <laughs> I don't, to me and to anyone from Australia, New Zealand, you don't look. I don't look like I'm from Indian or Pakistani, but <laughs> English people apparently can't tell the difference. Mm. Um, so that's led to some. It's got worse since the Brexit vote. Wow, like, even noticeable for yourself. I've had it on the tube, and I'd never, I can tell you right now, I've been coming here since early 2000s. I'd never had British racism on public transport right. for myself until after the Brexit vote, and it's happened twice. Weird. And I only, like... I only, uh, I'll say that London is a real decent city, I find, for mm. race relations. Like, I've, like, in terms, there's massive issues here, but if like, someone calls you out on the tube or the bus, people normally jump in. Uh, then after the Brexit vote, I had a couple of incidents and no one jumped in and that was weird. Weird. It's so mm. weird that like you'd never experienced racism on public transport because it was in Australia. That's like our favorite place <laughs> for racism. You can oh, almost, in the UK. It's the arena. Like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, that's where we put it. That's where we put it. Well, what, what about yourself, Laura? Because you, you kind of came uh, over... So far, no racism. What? <laughs> me. Oh, my God. That's unbelievable. I think, like, as an Australian, they do kind of view us a little differently. Yeah, but fuck them. Uh, <laughs> no, I think it's interesting because my ancestry... Uh, my my grandmother was Italian on my dad's side, but the the rest are just super murdery um, <laughs> convicts. convicts. Like that's the but that's the the you know it's still uh, generations, mm. but I am British. Yeah, I my ancestors did heaps of murder and. <laughs> now I come back and do your arts festivals. Like <laughs> that's the deal. I'm what you wanted. Like, <laughs> when um, people are like, oh, Australians, I'm like, yeah, but this is what you wanted. You wanted... A rehabilitated... A rehabilitated... You, you wanted a penal yeah. system... Yeah, this is... To the, breed out <laughs> the criminals. Yeah, this is like the most effective prison I'm rehabilitation what, program ever. I'm great. <laughs> Give me a grant. <laughs> like, Give you a grant? I want that. Um... Yeah, it's just I just find it interesting about like, the Australian thing is like they they do think we're like dumb somehow, which I don't really understand. Like I don't I don't know what they like. I think I get that. You get it? Oh, maybe it's just me being like a Sydney dude. I'm like, what the fuck? How dare you? We're a big city too, kind of. Um, I, I mean, I, I think Crocodile Dundee probably has mm. a lot uh, to say about the. Um, in the same way that Flight of the Concords has a lot to say about our New Zealand culture is now interpreted. Like, like very whimsical, musical people. Yeah, I think I honestly think <laughs> most people at this point think that New Zealand accents sounds either like Brett Germain or Reese. Uh, right. Derby. You know, uh, it's, it's either, you know, sort of, uh, you know, really whimsical and then there, or kind of deep and, um, you know, a bit slower. Um, or just really high-pitched and, um, you know, present. And that's, that's literally the three accents most people... Or Tyker's um, Space Alien in Thor. Like, that would be the other New Zealand accent. I was actually going to say, yeah, the mm. Thor thing. I'm like, that's a Kiwi. That's a Kiwi alien. <laughs> this yeah. is great stuff. Um, but, yeah. But you, you came here more professional purposes, professional reasons. Yes. As James said, he's, he's uh, you know, had a lovely career in New Zealand. Mm. Um, and he's come over here. But, like, in Australia, you, you definitely did have a great career. But we've definitely talked about how you're like, I've hit the ceiling. I need to go. Yeah, some... It it does feel like, uh, depending on what you want to do as as well. Like I, I came here because I had scripts like narrative, mm. comedy, that we we don't make on the the scale. Like I've been working on a pilot here that's now had a a full twelve months of paid professional development on this one script, and that mm. that's pretty unheard of. Um, for somebody of my uh, profile, but but like not to not to big you up too much, mm. but you've been like writing on Australian TV for like years no, on like the premiere. I I wrote on uh, the McAuliffe uh, uh, Mad as Hell, mm. and I did two seasons of that. But I was the first female writer that they had ever had, and I started on season seven mm. and. That was only in 2017 that I started working. But that that would be like one of Australia's premier comedy yeah, programs. But, like, but I I worked um, on that for uh, less than 12 months. I, I would say two seasons that that rolled over. But like I would I would argue like that's more credentials than a lot of people who are given yes. opportunities here 
would have. Okay. That's what I mean. Like, you're, mm. it's not like you're just like some comedian just with like, I got an idea, please read it. Like, you know, you're in yeah. there mm. and you're still like, I couldn't take the next step. There. Yeah, that, that's why I'm, I'm just couldn't. They felt like there was so many limitations on that and the idea of pitching something that is you know maybe hour-long episodes or Mm. you know a a full series of something you know it just doesn't seem to be not not impossible but it doesn't seem to be facilitated sure in in the same way that um it has been over here because you've been here very a very short period of time before it was the reason i moved um was that the writer's agent that i'm signed with over here was going to start pitching the show and they had a lot of confidence in it Mm. i didn't i was sort of like well no one's ever wanted this script (laughs) (laughs) or you know to speak with me about it or anything like that and then within two weeks of them sending it out uh we had a lot of interest from uh new york and then a lot of interest here and i'm glad that we ended up staying here Mm. um because i think it's been a a really great learning experience and uh, i really like getting to live here um but yeah it took two weeks whereas it was just felt like it was butting heads against yeah dead end closed doors how, how long were you pitching it in australia were you even pitching it? Can you even pitch something like yeah, that? Yeah, that, that's sort of the problem is you sort of, it's like, oh, this guy might want to talk to you or I know a friend who could do this or yeah. oh, maybe if you write it all up and then film it yourself, we'll have a look at it and see if we want to buy it once you've already yeah. made it. But yeah, we not, not particularly like industry. Yeah, or can you cut it? <laughs> can you cut it down to a three-minute web series and then we'll see if we can make it into a pilot and then we'll see if we make the pilot to a series and here they're just willing to... You're like, hey, good script. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it is a different sort of attitude. Yeah. Um, and, and so does that mean that you guys are going to be here for the foreseeable? I, I hope so. It's, uh, it's at the stage now where uh, it will either star uh, Oscar-winning actors or go in the bin. Um, anywhere oh. between those two points. Highs and, highs and lows. Really. Yeah. You know, picks and troughs. Yes. Either somebody goes, this is amazing, let's make it, or in the pain. You, I think in this particular industry, there's absolutely no way to um, mm. to trust. Or can you, I've seen so many big projects get pulled at the last minute, and I've seen so many tiny ones battle their way all the way up to the, the top. And yeah, you, you can never really make a call. Mm. So hopefully um, staying uh, for the foreseeable future, which according to what climate scientists is two years, three. It's <laughs> <laughs> been a very uh, climate change heavy podcast, I think. Which I mean, it is, it is the, it is, it is what we're at right now. Mm. Especially like in this country, they're like rubbish at it. <laughs> they don't know, they don't care. Australia, they care. You I know, mean, we be- care. Bear in mind that the British people, and I say this with love and respect. Uh, um, the British people are the people who colonized Australia and decided that that climate was where they should send the prisoners and this climate is where they should stay. So they've never been great at really figuring out that kind of stuff. Like, yeah, oh, Byron Bay, yeah, let's send the prisoners there and uh, we're going to live in uh, Birmingham. <laughs> seems, seems to be the city to shit on this podcast. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, fuck it. Let's keep, let's right. do classic. Stoke on Trent. Fuck Stoke him. on Trent. <laughs> Absolutely right. Yeah. Um, but no. So just uh, I always like to ask this in the in the podcast as we wrap up. Are you mm-hmm. guys planning to stay here? Like in the future, you're gonna go back. If you're gonna go back, Australia versus New Zealand, the ultimate rivalry. I feel weird that I may not live in my own country again because now that I've married a Kiwi, it feels like if we go back to the Antipodes, it would be New Zealand because that is a place where James can get uh, some nice work and it's a really lovely lifestyle. We can Mm. uh, quite comfortably live there and there would probably, possibly still be more work for me Mm -hmm. than there would be to go back to Australia. And that that feels quite odd to feel like. Yeah. I, I can't see a way back to. In this industry. Yeah. To live. Yeah. Because yeah. I don't know if James could get enough work in Australia. Yeah. So I would have to have a lot. <laughs> and I don't know if that's possible. Yeah, I get that. And James, what do you... Yeah, I'm just... Do you have a preference? Well, I'm just coming to terms with the fact I'm not going to be able to get a lot of work in Australia. I'd always held on to that delusion until now. It's a funny thing. It's like she, Laura, Laura's right and wrong. There's plenty of work for me in Australia, but it means doing... Picking uh, fruit? Well, <laughs> I think the government pick, has just said. Yeah, picking fruit, working in a mine... which which one Uh, that mining money is pretty good I know a guy comedically I could end up doing quite a few cruise ship gigs uh, which I I'm good at doing the gigs but I'm quite traumatised by being on the cruise ships sure Um, in New Zealand there's some very lovely work it's not how people were meant to sail the Pacific (laughs) you've seen Moana you know the way it's It is, um, it's the kind of thing where I do a lot of political comedy back home. Sure. Sort of what I made my name back home doing, and I've enjoyed doing that in Australia. Um, I was talking to some mates back home about being here, and I'm, I want to be here because it seems like London right now is, again, and it's not always, but again, it's a hub of, it, there's something happening here. Mm. And it feels like, Brexit. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. That's the chaos, and it feels that, like that we're in the, the most heart typical of the chaos. English response I've ever had. Like Brexit. Someone's trying, that's to, yeah. someone's trying to like compliment your city that you live and raise in, and you're just like, yeah, Brexit shit. Anyway, guys, what about the <laughs> But, but yeah. no, so it's a hub here. You feel there's a good energy. Well, it feels like there's a creative energy, like mm. in terms of doing social commentary and in terms of being in the chaos. Mm. Um, you know, it's. It, much much more in America their chaos feels very widespread whereas I think with Britain and with everything that's going on here London is actually very much encapsulating a lot of what's happening here and so being here for the next couple of years living through that and being able to do work being privileged enough to be able to do work mm. uh, and and sort of experience it all I think would be good and then being able to escape um, <laughs> <laughs> whenever we want we've got this escape rope this bang yeah I mean I don't mind going back to New Zealand that's there's some nice work there mm. I'd, I'd be excited to go to Australia and but in the same way that I'd like to make the work I make in New Zealand in Australia mm. or over here which is often social commentary but also more like educational like like we were doing today, like just comedically talking to people about the Pacific. Sure. And they go, ah, oh, I didn't know that. And it's like, if I can do that here or do that in Australia, mm. I'd be happy. 
Yeah. Do you, do you think there's space like in the UK for like not just like an Antipodean, but mm. like a Polynesian Antipodean to do political commentary? Like, do you think they'd be chill yeah. with that? Or I think I think we're at a point like mm. finally where I think there is in in a very light sense because Pacific is. Rose Malafaro won the Edinburgh Award mm-hmm. two years ago. The Rock is the biggest action star in the world right <laughs> now. True. Moana was a massive hit. People, it's not like when I first came over here in the early two thousands, and I went, "Oh, my my heritage is Samoan," and they went, "Where?" And I had to go, "Do you know the All Blacks?" And they go, <laughs> yeah, you know the brown guys in the back line. Yeah, those guys. <laughs> the inside go, center. I'm from there. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Like people know the countries now. They know the area, and there is that combination of curiosity mm. um, and also interest in an outsider point of view. Well, I reckon you can do that. I think that's what Australians and New Zealanders have always been able to bring to the UK art scene when they've come over. Mm. Is that combination of inside knowledge and outside perspective. Yeah, I mean, I've definitely found, like with my stuff, the stuff that goes best is whenever I talk about them. They like being talked about. Yeah. Even if it's negative. <laughs> like, I call them ugly for five minutes. I'm like, this guy's fucking great. <laughs> so nice he's noticed our culture. And like, sorry, Laura, just one, one last thing. Um, yeah, we were about this in Australia. The, like, you're like a, a woman in comedy. Mm-hmm. Shock horror. Sorry to break it to you. But, like, you think, it's about a very, like, narrow idea of what like a woman in australian comedy and australian media like yeah. what, what they want that to be i know this is like a vague question i'm trying to get to like the end of a conversation we've had another time quickly and i'm not doing it very well i think it's very hard to sum up um or where we've had i think i think it's still learning and and growing and you know we've had so many amazing uh, female performers Mm. and there's just a little thing that I do feel and I felt it when I moved from Perth to Melbourne where I would go on stage and it would be a little bit easier the crowd wouldn't sort of have their arms folded and frowning at me and Mm. I'd go to Melbourne and people go oh okay you talk and then <laughs> I still felt in Melbourne people were sort of surprised by me on stage in a good way of sort of like oh oh she's a bit different sure and then here in London it feels like people go oh we didn't have an expectation of what you were going to be so we're not I don't feel that slight retraction Right, it's not, you're not. They, they don't have an idea that you're then subverting. Like they're not like, oh, a woman is about to do comedy. She'll probably yeah, something okay. like that. Just that little bit where I, I feel people come to it faster. Yeah, you know, they'll they'll go, oh, okay, this is what it is. Without something, like, this is not what I expected, or I've already prepared myself to not like this. And you know that's changing and it's developing and it's you know it's. A, of a very long conversation um with many different perspectives on it but yeah i feel yeah. i feel like i pageanted you there you know <laughs> just like try to make you explain something very complex very quickly yeah and i refuse <laughs> and I, and I'm, I'm very sorry about that world right. peace <laughs> i believe in peace um final final question i'd like to ask anybody 
If you could live anywhere else in the world, where would you live? Anywhere. Forgetting careers. Forgetting where you have to live to get ahead in this horrible industry. <laughs> I mean, Wellington is pretty... Up there, it's a pretty nice city. Um, I don't know. I'd like to live in Alaska for a little while. Alaska? Yeah. Oh, not heard that so one before. That's so weird. <laughs> <laughs> that, no, it's because I'm going to say San Francisco. Oh, which is yeah. same coast and like just but just a bit warmer yeah and with better <laughs> basketball that's all i want yeah San Francisco you, you just want nice. to be around golden state do you want to be i'm not a massive golden state fan i appreciate what they've done because they've stayed with it but um i've got friends from oakland uh-huh. um and san fran i always flew through on the way to london there was a flight back oh. in the day from new zealand to san fran so I, I get a little stay and it's got all of that Wellington, mm. Melbourne culture going on. Mm. Um, and it's, it's amazing social political history in Oakland. And it's, it just seems mm. like a cool place to live. Mm. And, and why, why Alaska? Just big into oil? Yeah, just, just the oil. Oil <laughs> um, and salmon? Is salmon Alaska? Yeah, salmon. I think yeah, Alaska. I think so. Bears. Like um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, like a bit of... Like a bit of nothing. I think <laughs> I think it's a different sort of Perth sort of a thing. Yeah, that's a, yeah we've yeah. talked about because like I'm from Sydney and I like more stuff. Like I'm like Sydney's not big enough. I less need more stuff. stuff. Yeah. Laura's like less stuff forever. Yeah. The less stuff, the better. Yeah. But for this, I guess we kind of need to be around stuff. All right, guys, thanks so much for coming on. Um, do you have anything to plug? Either of you guys got some stuff coming out? Um, look, you can. I always say you can uh, buy a comedy album off my website for five pounds and of that i will be able to buy like some sort of chicken burger or mm. uh maybe one of those little pots of pineapple that the tesco sells and i'm, I'm always very grateful for that <laughs> and I, pineapple pot. Yeah. I have a mental health podcast called eating fried chicken in the shower which is available on uh, apple um itunes uh podcast whatever it is uh, and YouTube? Uh, it's on YouTube, yeah. You can find it on YouTube. If you go to my YouTube channel, I've got little vids there yeah. of me sitting in a shower eating fried chicken with New Zealand celebrities talking about mental health issues, which is as weird as it sounds. <laughs> Ideal. All right, Twitter handle? Uh, at James Nokise. Spell Nokise? N-O-K-I-S-E. Damn. And Laura? Uh, at Laura Davis Comic. All right, thank you so much. Uh, guys, the way we end the podcast, did you guys say cheers, mate, at the same time? It's less fun when you're from Australia and New Zealand, but hey, give it a crack. One, two, three. Cheers, cheers mate. mate. Mm-hmm. Fucking crushed it. All right, cheers, guys. Catch you next week. Thank you. All right, that was my chat with James Nokise and Laura Davis. I'm always terrified of James's name. I've told him this many times because in my head, it was Nokise forever. And then it's just not even close. So every time I pronounce it, I run through my brain being like, don't say Nokise, don't say Nokise. And sometimes my brain says Nokise. I'm sorry about that. It is James Nokise, Laura Davis, uh, both awesome comedians. Please, if you get the opportunity go see them uh laura is a regular at acdc james making his debut this sunday uh october 6th 8 p.m at the backyard comedy club i'll be there as well if you come along please say hello man i'd love to meet you guys uh and if you and if gareth comes along obviously he won't look at my head uh because he doesn't want to ruin his listening experience um hope you guys enjoyed that chat for once i think i managed to find some guests 
that were so insightful that they actually managed to make me seem less ignorant, which is impressive. Uh, that is something I always appreciate. Uh, if you do like the podcast, please do jump on Apple Podcasts, give us a little rating, jump on the YouTube channel, subscribe, subscribe on Spotify. You can listen to us wherever you like. Um, really appreciate it, guys. And thank you for getting us to a thousand listens in a month. Please keep spreading the good word uh, of the Union Jackoff. And thanks, of course, to producer Mooch and Vauxhall Comedy Club Labs for having us. Now, let's hear the end of this week's feature song, Verticoli So Far. Cheers, guys. Catch you next week. <laughs> <laughs>